this. Justin Jefferson put it in. Looking for AJ Brown. He's got it. Touchdown. In trouble, TJ Watts. I am just like stoked about this Lions team. Debo Samuel. There he goes. Foot on the gas. All the way. Two MVP seasons. Not overreacting, but it might be happening. Caught in the end zone. Keenan Allen. There he gets it. It is Parsons. Who takes it back at the 21. I love the upside, the athleticism. To Mabel, Robinson, he's got a hand. His first NFL touchdown. Kelsey, good night, touchdown. Chiefs win it. So this could actually be one of the greatest head coaching free agencies of all time. And I was like, you know what? We got to make a prediction here on who we think is going to be the next head coach of these teams. So what's going on, everybody? How is everybody doing today? Welcome here today to a head coach prediction plus our first 2024 mock draft episode of the podcast. Um, we got a loaded one for you guys today. So what's going on, guys? How are we doing? How are we doing, Tom and Dom? What's going on, what's up, guys? Yeah, so we'll, before we get into our head coach predictions, because um, we have seven right now, we'll talk about Belichick because when we came out with the wildcard weekend preview, uh, that was before Belichick and the Pats parted ways. So uh, yeah, Belichick no longer the head coach. He goes right after um, Nick Saban retires in Alabama. I know Big Cat had a funny tweet that it's like when it's like an old couple ends up like being married for 70 years and then they die like six hours after each other. It's because like that's like Saban and Belichick from from kind of their head coaching careers. It's crazy just like them, like so many old photos have resurfaced of them on the Browns. And it's just like crazy to look at them like in younger form. Um, and that was obviously notable news. So we had Pete Carroll retire, obviously for the Seahawks. Um, we know that the Pats new head coach is going to be Gerard Mayo. Um, I think it was pretty much a debate between him or Vrabel, who was going to be the next head coach for the Pats. I think we were probably going to decide on. So that is uh, given. He was a linebackers coach going to the head coach. I think he was always like the successor there. Um, but yeah, we're pretty much going to get into our predictions today. Do you guys have any thoughts before we hop into it and I'll rattle off the teams we're doing? No, I think I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to jump right into it. You're going to, you're about to list them, but there are so many teams this year and just so many guys that can go anywhere, honestly. Yeah, there's definitely a huge pool. So basically head coaching uh, openings right now that are obviously 100% guaranteed. The Carolina Panthers, they fired Frank Reich uh, in the middle of the season. The Las Vegas Raiders, they fired McDaniels in the middle of the season. The Tennessee Titans, when they shocked everybody and they fired Mike Vrabel. The Washington Commanders, when they shocked nobody and let go of Ron Rivera. They're under a new ownership. They just hired their new general manager as well, uh, coming over from the San Francisco 49ers. The uh, Los Angeles Chargers, who fired Brandon Staley in the middle of the year. Pete Carroll um, ended up leaving Seattle, possibly to go to the front office. So that was also definitely surprising as well. And the Atlanta Falcons fired Arthur Smith. So not much of a surprise there. Uh, we may get into like a wildcard pick at the end of this. We are recording this before wildcard weekend. There's a chance if the Bills, Cowboys, or Eagles lose that there could be another head coach opening. So we maybe we'll talk about that at the end of this. So we're going to start off with the Carolina Panthers. Um, this is a team I think that is pretty adamant on getting an offensive-minded head coach, so that can eliminate pretty much half this pool. Um, I'll throw to you, Dom, first on your prediction for the Carolina Panthers, who's going to be the guy that can hopefully turn around Bryce Young's career after a very lackluster rookie season. So before we even start, we can agree this is probably one of the worst jobs out there, right? Just because I think the of the worst job out there. I'd, ra I'd rather be like... I, the second worst team is Washington, and they also opening. I would rather take Washington's head coach opening than Carolina's head coach opening, for sure. And yeah, it seems like the Harris-like group is way more of a respectable ownership group than David Tepper, too, and that's your <laughs> boss at the end of the day. Like, yeah. I think the obvious choice for the Panthers would be Ben Johnson, but he didn't want to go there last year. I don't think anything would really make him want to go there this year. Like, there's just... I just don't know many guys that are going to want this job. Um, I know that some people, like you mentioned, they want an offensive coach. One of the OCs that I've seen get a lot of talk is Bobby Slowick from the Texans. Yep. I don't know why he would leave the Texans right now. Like I feel like he's in a perfect spot to just you know build his offense. He's only 36. Like He could just keep on building his offense, stay there. It's a better situation. Um, I think for the Panthers, I, mean, I, I really don't know. I, this is kind of going to... Maybe it's a random pick. I'm going to go with Brian Johnson from the Eagles. I know it's like division rival, but I feel like maybe he can get out. And obviously the fact that he's been um, in the Eagles organization, like that could be appealing to uh, Josh Harris and the rest of the management team. So I'm going to guess he goes there. I mean, I'm not the Panthers. I'm definitely least confident in out of all these teams. 
So wait, you have Brian Johnson going to the Commanders? No, going to the Panthers. Panthers. Okay, I okay. Meant, I think he meant in conference rival, not not in division rival. Yeah, yeah when you said division rival, bad, I threw me off. No, no, you're good. Okay, so you got you got uh, Brian Johnson. Oh my god, dude, it's funny because when you like all my Eagles friends, like they hate him so much, so they'd be thrilled with him to go because he's gonna run that same QB sneak play or QB draw play with uh, with uh, Bryce Young, and I think like Tepper has been rumored to uh, to interview him as well, or like the Panthers are bringing him in. Uh, Tom, they did, you, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Okay, Tom, who do you have? So I actually did. I did put Bobby Slowick. I think it would be smart of him to take another year or so as an OC and build out his real coaching style because this is his first year as an OC with D'Amico Ryan's staff, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say he probably shouldn't kind of jump away right now. But sometimes with the Panthers, they're going to be desperate for an offensive coach and they're going to offer him a lot of money. So if you want to fail for two years and then get 15 or 20 million dollars just in your pocket and then start again from scratch as an OC somewhere I'm sure he wouldn't mind that and I think this Panthers job is just it's the least desirable and I think of all the guys that I have listed on my um predictions for the names he's probably the least you know the, the least candidate that jumps out at you so okay. I'm gonna go with with Bobby Slowick taking the Panthers job here I- all right, so we're going to have three different guys. I do have Frank Smith, who is the Miami Dolphins offensive coordinator as well. Um, he's still younger. He's 42 years old, and he doesn't have much experience as a coordinator as well. But I do think that this is not going to be a desirable situation to go to. So I don't think Brian Johnson, or excuse me, Ben Johnson, is going to leave Detroit to sign with Carolina. I don't think Slowick is going to be in any rush to leave Houston to leave for Carolina specifically. Uh, so I think Frank Smith, this could be his best chance of being an offensive coordinator. Um, and I think like, yeah, Carolina wants to bring in an offensive minded head coach. So we have some parity with our first one, which I like, because then obviously it's going to switch up um, on the other ones as well. Um, so yeah, we got Frank Smith for me. We got Tom uh, taking Bobby Slowick from the Houston Texans and Dom Bryant Johnson of the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll move on to Vegas, who fired McDaniels in the middle of the year. They uh, made Antonio Pierce their interim head coach. And I feel like the Raiders could go in two different directions. I think for me, I'll say my pick is Antonio Pierce. I think they end up bringing him back. I think he had success with that locker room and obviously towards the end of the year. And him, it's interesting, like being a defensive minded head coach with like in the same uh, division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. And that's maybe something they need and just kind of be a completely different style of play. But I think... They could also be a Harbaugh destination as well if he does leave Michigan. Um, I think Tom Brady, uh, I think, is like an advisor under Mark Davis as well in Vegas. And I believe he shares the same agent as Harbaugh in um, in that field. So that could be a possibility as well. But I don't really uh, like that's obviously a, like a big risk to like predict that. So I'm going to go with Antonio Pierce. I'll throw it to you, Tom. Who do you have between, uh, going to the Raiders next? Yeah, I also have Pierce. I think finally the interim head coach gets to keep his job. Um Something about the way the players talked about him. It wasn't even, like, in, in, in interviews or in the press. Like, there would be, like, mic'd up moments or, like, just, like, kind of just videos. And you could lip-read, like, what the things they were saying to just Devontae Adams talking to somebody, I think, at a basketball game. And he was just giving words of just, like, reassurance to whoever he was speaking to. And you could tell the the team definitely uh, just stood by him and threw a rid- ridiculously, like... I don't even know how to describe that time with Josh McDaniels because it seems that nobody liked him whatsoever. So the fact that he was able to bring the team up, I think Mark Davis is going to notice that. And he's like an exceptional leader, and he's uh, somebody who I would like to see as the Giants defensive coordinator next year. But I think he probably would take the head coaching job over a defensive job. So I'm going to go with Pierce. All right, maybe a little bit less parity from us here. Dom, do are we three for three on Pierce, or are you thinking out of the box on this one? I mean, I think they should sign Pierce, but why haven't they yet? Like that—that's the thing to me is I feel like they would have done it by now. I'll still predict them to sign him just because if all the players are saying we want him, if if they don't, if management doesn't get him, the players won't be happy. It's it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders tried going after Harbaugh. I saw like one report about that that maybe they try to get him, but the fact that the players have an outcry right now to keep Pierce makes me think he'll stay. I know he did. Um. The Titans requested to interview him, so maybe he, maybe he interviews there, goes really well, and it happens a lot quicker than we think. But I'll, I'll have Pierce stay in Vegas for now. All right, so we're three for three on that one. Uh, Tom, we just off on who you think is going to be the next Titans head coach when they kind of shocked everybody and fired Mike Vrabel. Yeah, so I don't have 
a number one choice for the Titans right now, but I do think they'll either go Aaron Glenn or Mike McDonald. I think they probably lean Mike McDonald because he did just lead that fantastic Ravens defensive unit, and I believe they were they finished first in the NFL in like all around team defense. So he's been a, a head coaching candidate of the past, and I just don't really think the Titans are the most desirable job here. So I think a lot of the top candidates probably are not gone by the time that the Titans make a hire, but I just think they'd probably rather go elsewhere. So they're not going to get their first choice. And I think Mike McDonald probably is not the number one candidate on this list, even number one defensive candidate on this list. So that's my pick. I'll go with Mike McDonald. Okay, there we go. Top defensive coordinator off the board. Um, At least like, yeah, current defensive coordinator. Uh, Dom, who do we have for the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, I agree with Tom's line of thought where the Titans will go defense just because that seems like who they're interviewing to start off with. Um, obviously, Mike Mike McDonald that he mentioned, I think that would be a great hire. They've also requested... Um, uh, uh, who was it? I think it, Raheem Morris? No. Uh, yeah, Raheem. Apparently, Raheem Morris could be a possibility, which would be a surprise considering um, his last head coaching job wasn't like phenomenal but he is a very good assistant so that could be something to keep an eye on um i do i do like mcdonald he is also very young i wouldn't be surprised if he stayed in baltimore just for another year or two as well but i'll I'll agree with that i like uh, mcdonald going to the titans because that team i think the titans can be very bad next year they're going to probably do a full-on rebuild just because of everything they have so it might be a long term so if they want to go with the younger coach and just let him figure it out along the way i could see that being a possibility all right, so I'm going to go with Bobby Slowick here for my prediction. Now, Slowick and the GM, Rand Carthen, were both in San Francisco together a few years ago. So uh, they've worked together in the past. Rand Carthen obviously did not, uh, who's the GM of the Tennessee Titans, did not pick Mike Vrabel. He inherited him as the head coach. So I think there's a little connection there. And Slowick has some defensive side of the ball um, experience as well. He was a defensive assistant uh, with the Redskins back from 2011 to 2013 on that God squad of coaches when LaFleur was there, when McVay was there, uh, Shanahan was there, McDaniels. Um, and then he was a defensive quality control coach in San Francisco as well before becoming an offensive assistant in 2019 and then ended up being the OC for the Houston Texans this past year. I wonder if like them being in division uh, rivals would change this at all. If Slowick was like, you know what, maybe I wouldn't do that to go to an in-division team, but he would be the youngest head coach in the league at 36 years old. But I think the connections are there. He has both sides of the ball experience and I think he's going to be the next head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Um, so you both had McDonald, right, for the Titans there? Okay, so we'll go on to the Commanders. Um, I'll start this one off. I think they're going to have like the biggest, I guess, pockets for their next head coach. I think they're going to pay up um, for a premier candidate, and they're going to most likely end up with Drake May as their next franchise quarterback with the second overall pick. New ownership group, new GM. I think they're going to go out and get the sexy offensive coordinator hire, and they're going to pay Ben Johnson a lot of money from the Detroit Lions to run this offense um, and hopefully bring some success back to Washington that really hasn't seen it in a very long time. Uh, he's led this Lions um, offense to being one of the best in the league with maybe not even a top 10 quarterback, maybe not top 15 when they brought in Jared Goff as well. So Ben Johnson's done an incredible job with Detroit. And I think Josh Harris and the new ownership group are going to pay up for him to be the next commander's offensive coordinator. I'll throw it to you, Dom, next. Who do you think is going to be the next, um, or excuse me, as the head coach, next head coach for the commanders? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I think just because I haven't listed Ben Johnson yet, I think this would be a good... Um, spot for him here you kind of hit all the nails on the head they'll have the new QB next year they already have most of the offensive pieces with Terry with Dotson um, Curtis Samuel still seems to be a pretty good player at given his age so they seem to have a good offense so if he can come in maybe take them to the next level they will have to focus on signing defensive players so obviously they'll need to get a good DC with him in order to really turn the team around because that's their main focus but you see it all the time these teams when they get when they're uh, trying to rebuild and get that new quarterback they focus on offense sometimes the defense lacks a little bit so if they do maybe go on the defensive side of the ball i wouldn't be surprised if they tried getting uh lou anarumo from the bengals because i believe last year the cardinals like almost hired him and the bengals have been pretty good on defense the past few years so he could be a name i don't have him going anywhere he'll probably just miss the cut uh on this year but uh, I'm going to agree with you and have the commanders go with uh, Johnson. Okay. Uh, Tom, are we going to have a clean sweep here? No, we are not. I do agree with uh, you guys' line of thought, though. 
with the Washington wanting to make the big splash with their first hire of the new ownership group. This is where I think Mike Vrabel ends up. I think he has a number two pick where it gives him the freedom when he hires his uh, offensive coordinator, unless I'm not sure he's going to keep the enemy. I'm going to assume probably not. Um, he wants to build out his own staff. And Drake May is going to be playing under Mike Vrabel next year, like at the end of the day. And I think he is probably he might cost the most. Him and Ben Johnson are probably going to be the get the most lucrative contracts. And I think Washington's going to want to the new ownership group is going to want to show that they are they mean business and they'll go with the, the already established and previous coach of the year, right? Yeah, he's got one. Mm-hmm. So Mike Vrabel is going to end up in Washington. All right, to be in. Yeah, go down. I was going to say, uh, previewing the mock draft that we're doing next video. Do you think? there's a chance the commanders trade up to the first overall pick. They go from two to one if the Bears say we're good with fields. Caleb Williams is from D.C. He's from the area, hometown kid. Do you think they maybe, whoever they hire as head coach, say we're going all in, we're going to try to get Caleb Williams? Do you think that would elevate the job more? Because we're just assuming Drake may. But is there a chance they try to really push it over the edge? Yeah, I I think so. I I think for sure. I think I'm a firm believer in you – Go and get the quarterback you want if there's even the slightest doubt in the guy you have. If you, like it maybe it's cost an extra one or so to move from one to, to move up from two to one. And I think if they like Caleb Williams that much more and their new head coach is like enamored with Caleb Williams' skill set over Drake Mays, go and get him. The first round pick won't matter if you have an elite quarterback for a decade who and you hit on your evaluations. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I think if they the Bears decide they wanted to move um, number one in Rock with Fields. I mean, they could just trade down to two, and they could still land Marvin Harrison Jr. there. Or they can down trade down from two to like four or five again and get even more draft picks as well if they want to end up taking an offensive tackle or a Malik neighbor. So, I mean, it's not a bad idea, but I, I still think that uh, the Bears are going to take Caleb number one and not trade out of it. Um, so definitely the toughest uh, team, in my opinion, to predict. Uh, it's got to be the LA Chargers. They could make a splashy head coach signing, or they could end up just ending up with Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator. They could end up with Brian Flores or Raheem Morris, or they could end up with a Belichick or a Harbaugh. So for me, I kind of have a cop-out answer, and I, I wrote down Harbaugh or Belichick because I have no idea where these guys are going, but I think the Chargers are going to end up making a splashy signing just because it's definitely one of the more desirable destinations just because you have a top five quarterback in the league or arguably one at such a young age too to work with. And I think Belichick too wants to pass the Don Shula head coaching record. And I don't know if he's going to do that on some of these other teams that really don't have like a direct future or that quarterback. So I think, I don't know if it's going to be like a Harbaugh if he leaves Michigan. I'm going to say it's like Belichick, but obviously we'll get to like wildcard spots if like maybe the Buffalo job opens up. Um, I doubt Belichick would do that in division, but if the Eagles spot opens up or the Cowboys spot opens up, that could happen as well. So I'm going to say I'll like go Belichick because I don't know if Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan yet. Um, I'll say Belichick's the next Chargers head coach. I'll throw to you, Dom, next. Who you got? So I will say Harbaugh is the next Chargers coach. I think he'll either be a Charger or I wouldn't be surprised if he's a Raider. I think I mentioned that earlier. I think Harbaugh will be in the AFC West one way or another next year. Um, we've kind of been talking about it and hinting at it for a few weeks now where once you really start looking at this Chargers roster, it's really not that great. Like, everyone just assumes it's great, but once you really break break down into it, looking at age, looking at salary cap, debt cap, and all that, there's not much going on there besides Herbert. So Harbaugh is a guy who, obviously, in the college level, you have to build your roster as the head coach. So he's got some experience there. So he could work pretty well with the GM by knowing what the team needs, uh, specifically on the field. And... Everywhere Harbaugh goes, he just wins. Like, Stanford was great when he was there. Uh, took the Niners to a Super Bowl. Michigan just won the national title. So, if the Chargers are ever going to get over the hump that they just never seem to get over, I feel like Harbaugh would be the good guy. Dom, I have a college question for you. Uh, so, I know how much he hates the transfer portal and I think the NIL as well. If Dabo Sweeney was like, I want to coach in the NFL, could he get a job on one of these teams or no chance? I, I, I don't think so. Just because of, Just because of who he is, like... The correlation from college to NFL, obviously, it, it's not perfect. I mean, perfect example is Nick Saban, greatest college coach of all time, did not work out with the Dolphins whatsoever. Um, Pete Carroll's one of the guys, one of the few that had good success at both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dabo, though, I I don't know, because he's already like a little bit corny, and that's when he's coaching 
20 and 21 year olds i can't imagine him trying to have to coach like a 29 30 year old and try to get them motivated i just feel like it wouldn't work i agree and you kind of looked at like matt rule and like kingsbury as well it just did not work out for them at least in more recent terms um all right so i got belichick you got harbaugh so we have some major signings there tom who do you have for the chargers i'm also gonna go with harbaugh i think i think dom originally had brought it up like probably a few months back where these investigations or suspensions like is the ncaa like after harbaugh like is he like is he gonna get hit with like a very big suspension it from the seems, NCAA after the season? It seems like he'll get a few games. Uh, like it just oh, so seems it's not like, like a crazy inevitable. like bowl ban or whatever. I mean, it could be a bowl game. The program could be banned from a bowl maybe, but him specifically, it looks like he's probably going to get suspended for like a few games. So that could just impact him, but the program probably will get something as well. Gotcha. Well, I think regardless, he... he nobody can tell him anything now. He went to Michigan, he won a championship, brought them back. And if he gets offered a very hefty contract from an NFL team, especially getting to move to LA and coach uh, a team with an elite quarterback like the Chargers, I think that he probably takes this and runs with it. Not like Michigan obviously was the best team in college last year, but I think he might be under the impression or in the mindset now that I did my job, I did what I had to do, like time to win a Super Bowl now, time to prove the next step of the ladder. So, you know, I'm sure I'm sure Michigan fans would hate to see him go, but would be not leaving with a sour taste in their mouth. All right, so we got some splashy signings there for the Chargers. We'll hop over to Seattle, which is probably still like a desirable head coaching spot. I mean, it's definitely up in the air on who their quarterback is going to be next year or long term. It's probably going to be Geno Smith still next year, but they definitely do not have their franchise quarterback going forward. I think they stay on defensive side of the ball. I think they're going to bring in Mike McDonald, who you guys did predict before to go to the um, Tennessee Titans. Uh, McDonald has spent a decent amount of time um, in the NFL, basically since 2014 as a coaching intern with the Baltimore Ravens and has had experience at the college level with the University of Georgia as well. He's just 36 years old. So yeah, you're going from basically, wait, I actually kind of want to Google Pete Carroll's age because are we cutting it in half here? 72. 72. 72. Yeah, we're so cutting exactly it in half, yeah. in half, which is kind of wild. Um, so I'm going to have McDonald, the top defensive coordinator um, on the market, going to Seattle. I'll throw to you, Tom, next. Who do you have for the new Seahawks head coach? I have Dan Quinn getting a return to Seattle here. I think it makes the most sense. He's already got, he's already a well-experienced um, defensive coordinator. I don't see Dan Quinn going to a team like the Chargers, um, mainly because, well, I guess if they hired him, he would have to fire Kellen Moore, his old co-worker from Dallas, when they were coordinators together. But I just think that this Seahawks team is going to look for somebody who can step in and has coaching experience right away. I mean, he went to a Super Bowl, Dan Quinn's. Like, let's not forget about, although it was the biggest collapse of all time, I'm sure he hasn't forgotten about it, but... I think to inherit a team that is about playoff ready, I think Dan Quinn's probably one of the better guys here because you may be in like bridge mode and then let him kind of rebuild while still winning. And I think he's probably the best guy to do so here. All right, Dom, who do we got here? Yeah, I think I think this is a pretty easy one. I'm agreeing with Tom. I think Dan Quinn goes back to Seattle. I mean, we just remember how good he was as the DC there. He's already got the head coaching experience. Tom mentioned went to the Super Bowl. Um, so I feel like that's what Seattle wants to do just because they are kind of in, I guess they're kind of just in the middle right now. I don't take them serious as Super Bowl contenders, but I also do not think they are a bottom team by any means. So they're just kind of stuck in the middle. So if they can get a head coach that can just sure up a few things for them and just bring that defense expertise that he has, I think him going back to, cause Pete Carroll said he's going to, he's going to stay involved. So I feel like him already having that relationship with Dan Quinn, also helps both of them and just the team overall. So I think Dan Quinn going back to Seattle makes a lot of sense. Okay, there we go. So uh, I have McDonald. You both have Dan Quinn. We got we both or we all have uh, Seattle going defense. And then finally the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, this team has a solid defense and I would say like a solid offense outside of the quarterback position. Obviously that's a big question mark. Um, but they have playmakers like Bijan Robinson, like Drake London, like Kyle Pitts, and hopefully the next head coach will actually utilize them. I'll throw to you, Dom, um, then you can go, Tom, and then I'll finish it off uh, with the Falcons prediction. Yeah, so I don't know if this is uh, if this is going to happen and coming to existence. I'm having Bill Belichick go to the Falcons. It seems like the Falcons want him more than any other team right now. I'm pretty sure the commander straight up said they don't want Belichick, which is just like a weird thing to say when you're talking about one of the greatest coaches of all time like why not even if he's that old if you can get him for five years he can maybe turn the team around but for the falcons to come out and say they're going to try and get belichick and 
the Falcons, I think, are definitely going defense because they're going after Mike McDonald. They're going after uh, Raheem Morris. Belichick's obviously defense as well. So I think they will definitely go on the defense. And I think Belichick, I mean, I've been saying it for a while. I think the Falcons are one quarterback away. Their defense is already great. If he can take them up to the next level, I think they could be in a great position. I think that would probably be... All right, mm, I mean, they don't have a quarterback, but I think the Falcons might be the most enticing job, at least in my opinion. Um, so I'm gonna have Belichick go there, and it would just be, it would be weird to see him on the sidelines of another team. But I don't think he's done yet. Mm-hmm. So this is where I have Ben Johnson going. I think the Falcons are the, like Dom said, probably like the most attractive job I'd say of up and coming teams that would hire a first time head coach on this list because they are in a weak division they have great weapons on offense i think ben johnson can immediately find a way to make that work the only thing that does concern me how dom said they are kind of going defensive heavy in the beginning but it's still early in the process they haven't gotten to file interviews yet so i'm still pretty confident that whichever team ben johnson lands with is going to be one for a lot of money and two probably the team that he wants the most because he could probably get any of these jobs realistically i'm gonna go with ben johnson here and he will you know not walk into the building and say i'm not going to use these three top 10 picks for my offense i think he's probably going to figure out a way to use them so <laughs> if there's one guy to do it it's ben johnson it'd be sick to watch ben johnson like with this uh skill position group and throwing maybe like justin fields that'd be fun um so yeah. i'm gonna finish it off i have them going defensive minded with mike Vrabel here as their next uh head coach um just because i didn't really have Vrabel going anywhere else and i do think that Vrabel is still gonna be like a desirable guy on the market uh going back to like my belichick chargers prediction i know the chargers owners kind of like aren't the most willing to shed out some money so i do wonder if belichick is looking for like the biggest amount of money or he'll value playing with herbert for a little bit less money over some other teams but i think Vrabel will go to tennessee or excuse me atlanta and we saw him with success with just a plethora of quarterbacks in Tennessee. Um, I guess most notably Ryan Tannehill turning his career around. So you put like a Russell Wilson or even put like a Jimmy G or somebody in Atlanta with the skill position group. I feel like Vrabel can bring this team to the playoffs and win the division next year in a division that's just completely wide open. So that's pretty much all our predictions for the open head coaching vacancies as of January 12th. I love the parity that we have between these three, um, between us three. And uh, I noticed Tom, you didn't have uh, Bill Belichick as a prediction. So you have a team that maybe is going to get eliminated as the next Belichick destination? Yeah, I think there's a few teams that kind of everyone's thinking about that could get bounced in the first round, and I think if they do, Belichick might just swoop right in there and inherit a playoff roster because if Dallas, for some reason, decides to move on from Mike McCarthy, I think Jerry Jones may be more inclined to give Mike McCarthy the boot if he says, hey, Bill, do you want to coach the Cowboys who just won 13 games or 12 games? I think Bill would probably jump right into that and break that record within a couple of years, like you said before. But I don't think he does anything. He might. He, I think he, he probably takes this slow. Also, quick point: How funny would it be if Bobby Slowick goes into Carolina? I think it was the one that picked him to go to Carolina. Um, walks in there, works with Bryce Young for a bit, and just goes, "Damn, that's just stupid." Because like, just because he was just with Stroud, he's like, "This, there's just so much, so much uh, difference between the two of them." But obviously, he probably wouldn't say it publicly. But. Yeah, I, I do think also the Bears are going to go with a quarterback. Uh, I mean, they're going to wind up drafting a quarterback. So I think Fields is going to be on one of these teams. He might be on the Falcons, um, or he could be on a team, I guess, maybe a team like the maybe the Raiders, or if the, if the Seahawks make, a, make a, a splash for a trade, if they don't really have too much faith in Geno after this year. But I hope Fields gets another shot. Yeah, I wonder... Um... Because I feel like, man, the Bears really should have fired Eberfuss. Because if this team disappoints next year with Caleb Williams, like they may just fire Eberfuss next year. And it's like, you should have fired him this offseason when there were so many good head coaching candidates. Like this could be the number one destination if they had a head coaching vacancy. Yeah, so I don't, because I don't not really only do they have that. that, they have another top 10 pick as well. So they can draft a tackle, they can draft a wide receiver. They can do anything with that pick or trade up again. And like, if, like, if you want to really go crazy and go and get Marvin Harrison Jr., like imagine, imagine me like, hey, you want to be a head coach? You want Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr.? Who's going to say no to that? Nobody. Yeah, I, I just don't, so, I, I don't know what they're thinking because you could literally get Jim Harbaugh or you can get Bill Belichick as your head coach next year or Ben Johnson. Um, Harbaugh would be a great coach for them, but I think, but they're not, they're not moving on from Eberflus, so I think he's going to wind up just going to the Chargers or the Raiders, like, he, like we said. Yeah, I don't know. And like, um, they're going to get a completely new um, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator as well. I didn't have Jim Harbaugh going to any one of these. And I feel like I'll probably be wrong about that. If he is leaving, obviously Michigan, he's going to end up with one of these teams unless, unless um, 
he ends up as like an Eagles or Cowboys coach. So I did want to ask you guys before we wrap this up, um, there was like a little rumors. I don't think it's going to happen, but say um, Mike Tomlin wanted to take a break uh, from coaching. Would you put the Steelers as a uh, desirable destination because of the history and the lineage as you would only be the fourth head coach in history joining Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, and Tomlin? Or would you stay away with that um, that team even though it does have good offensive skill weapons and it's a good defense, obviously there's a big question mark at quarterback, but there's also a big question at quarterback for all these teams as well that we've just mentioned. I think in terms of this list, it might, I guess, on the upper half. Like if you were to add this team to the seven, I think it would probably be in the top four. But I mean, I still would probably rather the Falcons job. I would probably rather the maybe the Chargers and Seattle. And I think Pittsburgh probably falls right under there because... I, I don't know how much, me personally, like, I'm, besides, like, hockey, I feel like historical franchises, like, the whole, like, aura of the Yankees has worn off, like, it's not, like, how it used to be, I feel like, so it might be the same with the NFL, like, people aren't going to be drawn for the Steelers because they'll be the fourth head coach in history, it might just be, like, okay, what's the, what's this team going to do for me now, you know, like, how much money they gave me, and how much of a chance we have to win in the next couple of years. Also, mm-hmm. Mark Andrews just got designated for return via Rappaport. So he's coming back. I uh, guess. I mean, he, huh? maybe by conference, conference championship weekend, if they make it. Yeah. Um, Don, what do you think about that with the Steelers? I, I understand your reasoning because they are, without a doubt, a top five NFL franchise of all time. But again, to Tom's point, I don't think it has the same um, effect, the same luster anymore. Because also... If you think about it, if you're going to Pittsburgh, I think part of the reason why they're so successful and just everything about them is because their head coaches were good coaches. Like, just because you're going to Pittsburgh doesn't mean everything's going to work out perfectly. Like, there's a reason why they've been so good for so long. It's because they've hired the right guys. So I think if you're going to Pittsburgh, you have to get the team in place. And the current state of the quarterback's a little questionable. Um, They're... Offensive weapons, I mean, you mentioned it. I think they're also a little questionable. Um, Tom mentioned I'd rather go to the Falcons if I could in this situation. But if you do go to the Steelers, you know that you will not have to worry about getting fired within a year or two. Like, you'll get some leeway. You'll get a little bit of a leash. Even, I like, there's no world where the Steelers fire a coach after four seasons unless like a scandal comes out or something as long as he's showing up to work every day the Steelers will keep him uh keep him around in my opinion so if you want the stability yes you go there but I don't think it's one of the top jobs right now yeah and I feel like um with Cam Hayward getting older I mean they still have Watt and Minka on the defensive end that are still kind of in their prime but yeah there's definitely a lot of question marks with the team um but yeah it would be interesting to see if they do move on from Tomlin and then it's like basically like Tomlin would have been the longest tenured head coach for like a couple weeks. And then I think it would go to John Harbaugh of the Ravens. So I think it's a year, he was hired a year after Tomlin. So pretty much our head coach predictions. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you can pretty much see a visualization of it on who we predicted to go to each team. Um, you can let us know what you guys think about the head coaching predictions in the comments below on YouTube. Uh, we'll do another YouTube video for the mock draft, but this is pretty much going to be the same podcast episode for the pot, uh, for the mock draft as well. All right, so mock draft season is here. We didn't do a single mock throughout the regular season, but now that the collegiate season is over, the NFL playoffs are about to start. We're going to be doing our 2024 mock draft 1.0. So what is going on, everybody? How is everybody doing today? Well, you guys should be seeing this on Sunday, January 14th. So you already kind of know the outcomes of the Saturday wildcard games. Um, so that could affect this draft order. It may change a little bit uh, from when we're recording this to when you're seeing this. But yeah, we're going to be basically doing our mock. Um, I have the first pick or... Dom, you have the first pick here. I have the first pick. You have the first pick. I have the second pick. Um, Tom will have the third pick. And then we're just going to pretty much go in that order going down to it, um, making picks after each other. If you guys do enjoy the mock draft content, we'd appreciate you dropping a thumbs up. Um, and without further ado, let's just get into this mock. So, Dom, 1.1, who is going number one in this NFL draft? Yeah, so I'm under the assumption that the Chicago Bears will be trading away Justin Fields, which for me here makes the pick pretty easy. I think they'll take Caleb Williams first overall. If they pass up on Caleb Williams, it could potentially be just like awful for the franchise. People are talking about him being one of the best quarterback prospects in a long time. So if he's available, you have to take him, and it would be foolish for them not to. Yeah, and yeah. I also one quick point: Ryan Poles accidentally let something slip in um, a press conference or an interview. I think I saw it yesterday on Twitter. They've all obviously always said like 
or sticking with fields or sticking with fields and they, they've never given any any indication they're not sticking with fields but then polls said something along the lines of with four different types of quarterback prospects all being so great out there like you have to like we're gonna you know do our due diligence and evaluate each one i'm like okay well that leaves me to believe that it means the three quarterbacks in the draft this year and fields so if you are saying that he you're sticking with him and now you accidentally kind of at the backtrack and say this they're not keeping fields all right so, so that's uh, that's my, that's my prediction yeah i feel like caleb williams definitely locked to go 1.1 most likely to the bears but he's gonna go 1.1 no matter who's picking there so this makes my pick at number two pretty easily uh or pretty easy i should say that the commanders just hired a new general manager they're probably gonna go for an offensive-minded head coach but even if not they're going with jake may franchise quarterback on the board they haven't really had one since they drafted rg3 (coughs) cut this out sorry um so yeah this is a pretty easy pick here to take drake may number two so we have quarterbacks one two off the board, I'm interested to see, Tom, if you are we going to go in three straight quarterbacks to start off this draft. So, I'm going to say yes, because I think the third pick will be Jaden Daniels. I don't know who it's going to be. I think there's a very good chance it could be the Patriots, because they need a quarterback for sure. And I think a team like the Giants could definitely trade up to three here, or two, or one. I think I think the Giants will get into them later, but they're going to wind up with a quarterback here, and I think it's going to be Jaden Daniels at pick three, no matter who is there. Yeah, I feel like um, it's going to yeah be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback to start off this draft. Um, very interesting uh, pick here for Dom at the Cardinals. I feel like this is probably a no-brainer, though. Um, and then it gets interesting at five. Yeah, I think just going back to pick three, if they think, if they're even a little hesitant on Jaden Daniels, I think you have to take Marvin Harrison Jr. three. If you're hesitant and you're not sure he's the guy, do not take the third quarterback in the draft third overall. That's something that I think teams should just think about. But for the Cardinals here, this is perfect. Perfect case scenario. Kyler Murray comes back healthy. You know he's the quarterback. Um, They still have the top non-quarterback selection here, which is great. Marvin Harrison Jr. coming to the desert would be great on that offense. And I think, like, people thought that the Cardinals were going to be having to get the first overall pick in order to get him. The fact that they're four and they can still get him, I think it works out on all ends. Yeah, I mean, getting Marvin Harrison uh, at four is very nice for them, and that's kind of like a perfect end of the season for uh, result uh, for the Cardinals. So, number five, it's interesting, because they can go with Malik Neighbors, the Chargers, um, at the receiver spot. I am... They could also go Brock Bowers if they really like him next to Herbert. I think, I mean, like, they used the first-round pick on Quinn Johnson last year. Um, I don't think that will change their mind to taking a receiver here. They have Keenan Allen, who could be a cut candidate. But he could also be an extended candidate, and they're going to be getting Mike Williams back from a season-ending injury. So a lot of question marks at the receiving spot. But we've seen guys like Josh Palmer kind of have good seasons for them too. And I feel like the Chargers will invest possibly in the offensive line. So I'm going to go number one O-lineman on the board, Joe Alt here to protect Justin Herbert. Um, They're going to have a new head coach as well. And receiver, obviously Malik Neighbors is a tier of his own, um, pretty much is like the second receiver in this class. But I think when you have a chance to take a franchise tackle to your franchise quarterback, you got to do it. So I have Joe Alt going to the Chargers at five. Yeah, that that made my job pretty easy because since I think the Giants – are not going to be in this spot, but for this mock, we'll say they are at six. I think it's just to run up to the draft board and call in Malik Neighbors. I think for sure they need that wide receiver, and if they don't get a quarterback, Malik Neighbors is a pick, and if they do have a quarterback, then somebody else would be in this spot, but for today's sake, we'll we'll give the Giants Malik Neighbors. Yeah, that's a pretty easy one for you. Yeah, so next up with the Titans, um, I mentioned it in our head coaching video. I think the Titans are probably going to be one of the worst teams next year. I think that's going to... Um, make them maybe enter a longer type rebuild and in my personal opinion when you're going when you know you're going to have a longer rebuild i think you should steer clear of skilled players because they will start to fall off a little sooner i think it's better if you build from within and i think the best way for the titans to do that would be to work on the o-line um olu fashanu out of penn state i think would be a great pick here you get him um last year they took skronsky so if they just keep building that o-line once they're ready in a year or two and they can add just a few skill players, they'll already have the foundation. I think that will make them better. So I think getting Fashanu here would be good for them. Yes. Uh, is this tough for the Falcons at eight? Because I don't, I, I was telling you guys before this, I don't really know where to mock Michael Penix or Bo Nix. I'd be very shocked if they're top 10 picks in this draft. So I don't think that they're going to draft a quarterback at eight. I mean, Brock Bowers is still on the board, but they have Kyle Pitts unless they wanted to get kind of cute there. But I doubt they do that. 
Uh, Odunze, like from Washington, I mean, they'd get a really good wide receiver too, which I'm kind of leaning towards. Or they can go uh, Cooper DeGene out of Iowa. Shout out to the white cornerback. Maybe it will automatically be the number one white corner in the league because there's not many of them. Uh, I'm debating on who I want to go here with this pick. It's tough for the Falcon side of things. I may give them Odunze just because they get another skill position receiver and they would have just a very fun offense if it's maybe Ben Johnson as their coordinator next year, whoever it's, or excuse me, as their head coach or whoever it's going to be. So they have Drake London, Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Romo Odunze for their next franchise quarterback. So yeah, I'm going to go Odunze out of Washington here with the eighth overall pick. Just continuing the trend of skill position offensive guys going to the Falcons in the top 10. This is annoying because I had Odunze penciled into the Bears without a doubt thinking that the Bears could walk out of this draft with Caleb Williams <laughs> Would be and insane. Odunze. Um, see, now with the Bears, you're like, Brock Bowers is without a doubt the best um, skill position player, but are you are you wanting to take him when you have Cole Komet who you just give a big contract? My guess is no, and I think a tight end could definitely wind up falling a bit further than we originally had thought when he's pretty much mocking the top 10 of everywhere. Um... I, I don't like. I, I'm gonna go with um, Latu. Sorry, hold on. Let me cut that out. How do you say this guy's name? Oh, Latu Latu. Yeah, you're right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, from okay. UCLA. And, yeah. Yeah. Are the, and are the Bears besides Montez Sweat? Who do they have at edge? Is that the only edge? Uh, what's the guy? I'm, uh, what's his name? Um, I don't know. Didn't they have, um, what's his goddamn name? Oh, maybe I'm just thinking of the Marcus Walker. That's who, or, or no, yeah. They had Nagakwe, but he, he was on the IR. They have good inside linebackers. All right, I'm going to roll, I think I'm going to roll with. Leatu Latu. All right, Leatu Latu. Right. I'll, I'll just start my whole pitch over. So now up with the Bears at nine, I definitely had them taking Odunze to walk out of that draft with both Williams and Odunze, which could be a great like one-two combo for Bears are hoping for a decade to come. But I'm going to have him taking an edge rusher here, Leatu Latu, out of UCLA. He's one of the top prospects on the defensive side of the ball, parallel with Montez Sweat, and they just extended Montez Sweat, I believe. So mm-hmm. they'll have him under contract for multiple years, and they'll have now five years of contract or Latu, so pencil him in at number nine. All right, Dom, yeah. I feel like this is an easy 10th overall pick here. Is it, though? Because, like, uh, I don't... I guess not. I don't think Brock Bowers is going to fall this far. And also, I've been saying it for months now. If the Jets do not fix their offensive line, they are not improving. I think they need to take an offensive lineman here. Um, when you said easy pick, were you assuming Brock Bowers here? Yeah, because it's weird. Because, I mean, I have the Vikings next, and obviously I'm not going to take uh, Brock Bowers with TJ Hawkinson there. So I guess maybe he's in line to fall to Denver at 12 for us. But I just thought, yeah, you get another weapon because they don't really have that number two offensive weapon uh, alongside Garrett Wilson. Maybe that's Devontae Adams. But, like, I don't really think – I don't know. That that would be Brock Bowers. But I, I know their offensive line is terrible. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to have them here take J.C. Latham out of Alabama. There's a few things in the draft that I always know. If you need an offensive lineman, you go to Alabama, Ohio State, or Wisconsin. If you need a wide receiver, you go to Ohio State. Uh, There's just some schools that just produce great guys. Alabama has a history of producing good offensive linemen. Latham's been there. He's been a starter, I believe, for multiple years. I don't think this was his only year starting. So I think if the Jets seriously want to contend next year, they got to fix their O-line. So J.C. Latham here out of Bama. All right, so, oh man, all right, we're really going to Brock uh, Bowers' fault because I can't take him to uh, Minnesota here at 11 because of T.J. Hawkinson. So this could definitely be, if he fell to 11, this could definitely be a trade pick. So I'm going to have them take Cooper Dijin out of Iowa, first corner off the board. I mean, they could also look at uh, Terry Arnold or Cooley McKinstry here, um, or even uh, Nate Wiggins as well out of Clemson. Um, but I'm going to take um, Dijin here out of Iowa as we have an Iowa guy in the top 11. So this is where I had Michael Penix going, um, just for on my draft board. But obviously, I'll have to wait, I guess, based on this mock draft. I want to say they take Brock Bowers here. I think Sean Payton would probably would have a lot of fun with a prospect like Brock Bowers. But Dallas Turner also is kind of jumping out at me here. They, they, the Broncos have always had 
um, solid pass rush when we were growing up with Von Miller, Elvis Dumerville, Demarcus Ware, and now Bradley Chubb has now been gone for about a year and a half. And besides Patrick Sertan, there's not too much in terms of young talent to be excited about on this Broncos defense. I think I'm going to have them take Dallas Turner here with, oh, in wow. my opinion, is the top edge on the board at this point in the draft. Not going to lie. Well, obviously this is not going to happen with Brock Bowers falling all the way to 13. It's funny because he could have gone 4, 5, 6, 7, or 9, or 10, and we're just passing on him. It's a deep draft. There's a lot of really good skill position players, and I feel like, well, not, not, I mean, not skill position, just um, players in general. So he's a great prospect, but also if you need a tackle, you're probably taking a tackle over a tight end if Joel yeah. Alt's on the board. Yeah. It's tough. All right, Raiders 13, Dom, who do we got? Yeah, so I, I got to stop the slide here. Brock Bowers is going here yeah. to the Raiders if he's still here. I know they took Michael Mayer last year, but Brock Bowers, people were talking about him after his freshman year, that he was going to be the best tight end prospect that we've possibly ever seen. He lived up to the hype at Georgia the past two years. I honestly don't think realistically by the time the draft comes, he will. I think he'll get drafted by nine. I think honestly, I think he'll be a top nine pick just based on everything that's needed and everything that's there he is that good and the fact that he he's great in the pass game he is a great blocker as well so i don't think he'll slide too far but if the raiders pass on brock bowers here i think that would just be idiotic so if you compare him with michael mayer and just run 22 personnel that would set them up fine so brock bowers is going to vegas here all right so it's funny that uh pff has like quarterback as a team need for the saints uh obviously yeah they could maybe use an upgrade over Derek carr but it's very hard to get that upgraded over Derek carr so i'm kind of figuring out who i want to go here we could go with fuaga as just another tackle option um they could go for newton as well out of illinois um for some interior defensive line help i like jared versus a lot obviously he's like preseason hype had him as like a top five-ish prospect in this draft um i feel like this is good value to get him here at 14 and you'd be okay with that. And I feel like this could be like a Saints pick. Obviously, they're kind of a true defensive team as well. Hmm, this is actually kind of tough on who I like the Saints because like Brock Bowers and the Saints would have been very fun because they've had a revolving door tight end basically since Jimmy Graham's prime. I'm going to go with, uh, man, this is tough. It's either Newton, Fuaga, or Verse. I think I'm going to go with Talise Fuaga out of Oregon State um just so they can get more tackle help because the Saints line was not great last year um and they got to invest into that o-line and um i think it is surprising that De- dennis allen did not get fired or let go um i thought that was going to happen but yeah so it'll be back under allen next year colts on the clock with tom so i think that i'm see i'm i'm gonna go with Jared Verse here. I had him going right before this, uh, and I actually had Kool-Aid McKinstry in this spot. However, I do think Verse, like you said, was a top five guy off the board like preseason, and I think he still had a pretty solid year, and Florida State did get snubbed for that playoff uh, that playoff berth, so people say, and he may have jumped up draft boards a little bit had he had a, a national television game to or two to boost his uh, visibility. However, I'm going to just put him in here at 15 to the Colts and make it easy for myself. And Dom, I hope you do what I think you're going to do next year, and I think you're going to. Mm, do I know what I'm going to? I mean, okay, I, I see what I think you're maybe implying. Um, are you implying that the local college superstar yes. stays in yep, Washington? Yep, okay. yep, yep, yep. That, that I, I, know, I know you're, you're big on the local college superstars. Kenny Pickett, that, baby. <laughs> yeah, that worked out great. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely a possibility they take Penix here because I'm thinking about the rest of the Seahawks team, and I don't think they have a huge glaring need. I mean, according to PFF, it says their interior O-line could use some work. You're not drafting that at 16. So this could maybe be a trade pick. Um, but I think I will lean into what Tom's saying. I think Michael Penix here would be good because Geno Smith just he can't be the long-term guy. He's good. But I, I don't see him being long term. If they can get Penix and he just just sits one year behind Gino, or he even takes over, I don't fully know Gino's uh, contract situation. If he can be like cut and save a lot of money, maybe they do that. But Michael Penix staying in Seattle would get the fans riled up. It would definitely help whichever head coach they decide to go with, and it would just be like a new, not a restart, because I don't think they're fully restarting. A nice little retool for them as they uh, try to compete in the uh, ever ever difficult nfc west and also with the uh with michael Penix in seattle 
I think it's huge for somebody like him who's not like the top quarterback prospect in, in the class to give him guys like DK and JSN and running backs like Kevin, Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet and a solid defense. He's inheriting or a good team is, is bringing him in. So it's going to be so much better than like a Bryce Young situation where or like a Will Levis situation where the Titans are pretty much just a dumpster fire and they're kind of throwing him to the wolves a little bit. Seattle's already solid. So if Penix can just learn for maybe most of next year or sit for a year, um, I think that'd be great for him and Seattle in general. Keep him in Washington. Yeah. I mean, Penix is going to be 24 in May. If he sits out of here, he'll be 25 going near his rookie year, which is what we kind of basically saw out of Jordan Love. Would be interesting, though, um, just because of his age. And uh, if they draft him, like, does that mean Geno Smith's on the block? Would he end up as a Denver Bronco or an Atlanta Falcon or somebody like that? Who knows? That- that would be funny if they trade uh, their second straight quarterback to the Broncos. <laughs> that, that would be funny. Maybe the Broncos, yeah, we don't want to trade with you guys anymore. So we're on the clock here with Jacksonville at 17. I feel like they could be a sneaky wide receiver team as well if they were going to let go of um, Calvin Ridley in free agency. Uh, but they do have good weapons like uh, Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram there uh, as well. So I think I'm going to have them go corner. Um, I like Cooley McKinstry over Terran Arnold and A. Wiggins as well. Um, so I'm going to have him be the selection here at 17. But I wouldn't be surprised if they went receiver. Um, if it's Thomas Jr. or if it's Franklin, but yeah, I'm going to have them take Cloyd McKinstry with the 17th pick, get another defensive back into that rotation, and what's a solid secondary already. So now this has me with the Bengals here at 18. I'm going to I'm going to give them some offensive line help here. Um, I, I like Amarius Mims out of Georgia. Uh, Dom did mention... Alabama, Ohio State, and what was the third school you mentioned for a good offensive lineman? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Georgia's right there with them. Georgia does breed um, some pretty solid offensive linemen over the years, and the Georgia offensive line coaching system is like one of the most similar to NFL. So I'm gonna pencil in Mims here for the Bengals here in pick number 18. All right. All right so we got Bucks. Tom. Oh, yeah, excuse me, Dom. Hometown team here. No, Packers up right. Oh, Packers. Yeah, never mind. I was looking at the yeah, Bucks. Packers are 19. <laughs> so the Packers are interesting because they have a lot of wide receivers already on the team, but I like are we fully confident in a lot of them? I feel like a lot of them are just you know, they're they're kind of mid. Call, I'll call it as it is. Um they could use some help on defense because there's been a few games this year where I feel like the defense is just slacking overall. Um I think they will the Packers just hate drafting wide receivers. They just hate drafting skill players in general. So I think they will probably pass on a skill player here. I'll have them take Newton out of Illinois here. Nice D, um, nice D lineman. Illinois very quietly has been producing some great defensive players. I mean, we saw Witherspoon go top five last year. Was he six? Newton fifth. Yeah. So they, and which is very funny because Illinois is not a good football school, and they just have not been like good on the field. So the fact that they're producing. Uh, first rounders and back-to-back years is surprising so I think if the Packers he's kind of local Illinois right below uh, Wisconsin so I'll have the bear uh, the Packers shore up their D-line here. all right so pick 20 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, they do play tomorrow against the Philadelphia Eagles so we don't know how maybe like Baker Mayfield's gonna play but it's looking like he's gonna get extended for that Buccaneers team they could look at receiver as well if they like maybe a Donnie Mitchell if they like Brian Thomas um, if they like maybe Tez Walker out of UNC. I'm going to have them take um, Nate Wiggins, though, just to kind of beef up that defense, even though I could not, like, I would not be surprised if they went receiver in this draft with the question marks on that side of the ball um, going into the offseason. So pick 21, Cardinals, Tom, what we got? Pick 21 to the Cardinals here. Dom, I do have them taking some defensive help. Um, I'm between two, um, what? Good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm between Arnold and um, Latticer. Lassiter, I'm sorry. Um, I think Eileen Arnold here. Um, so pencil him in to pick 21 to the Cardinals so they get some much-needed uh, defensive secondary help. Yeah, when the season started, I really wanted the Cardinals to take a Bama corner. I kind of always assumed it would be Cooley McKinstry, but Terry and Arnold did have a great year, so he could uh, keep he could keep flying up draft boards too, potentially. So a uh, good pick at 21 there, obviously, uh, in my opinion. Um hmm. Next up with the Rams, I like how PFF has them needing a quarterback. I don't think Stafford's going anywhere really anytime soon, um, so I think I think they'll pass on that. I'm trying to think like 
what their biggest need would be. Obviously, their offensive weapons are great. They are locked in for a long time, so I don't see them taking Thomas or Franklin here. Um, they could focus maybe on the O-line because that was always questionable going into the year, although they played pretty well. They have a lot of needs maybe on defense. Um, I've been seeing a lot of talk about Jordan Morgan, the offensive tackle out of Arizona. Arizona had one of their best football seasons, honestly, ever this past year. And I think Jordan Morgan definitely was part of that. So I think the Rams could focus on taking an O-lineman here, helping to protect Stafford, hoping to keep Kyron going. So I think this could be the way they go, and I'll have them take Jordan Morgan here in our uh, mock draft. There we go. Uh, All right, so Jordan Morgan um, off the board. It worked out that I get my Steelers here at 23. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers actually looked at receiver here. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Deontay Johnson wasn't back next year. Um, and then there's kind of like holes there. But this team has holes um, on the O-line, linebacking core desperately, and corners. But this team is the worst team at drafting corners in the league. So I'm scared of them to take one here. I also see Bonex Wait, you don't, you don't like Joey Porter Jr.? I mean, dude, no, he's good. But we can go through just like... I mean, I guess that was all in the Kevin Colbert era, and this is in the Omar Khan era, but man, they're bad at drafting secondary guys. So hey, maybe it's a new era. Maybe they take um, like a Rakestraw out of Missouri. Maybe they end up with a Lasseter out of Georgia. And somebody like that, um, I'm debating on who I want to go with, man. I kind of I kind of want a receiver, but I'm not gonna, I don't think I'm going to do it. I don't know. Man, Brian Thomas out of um, LSU played with uh, uh, Jaden Daniels. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm kind of going back and forth on where I want to go here because I don't think they need a safety per se. Um, you know what? It worked out with drafting a Georgia uh, offensive lineman last year, Broderick Jones. We'll stay with Georgia, and I'm going to have them take Kamari out Lasseter out of Georgia here with the 23rd pick. They got to just get more corners. I, I think like O-line or linebacker is equally as bad, so it's got to be one of those three skill groups, even though it could be receiver. But yeah, they could be a Cam Ward team later in the draft too. You never know. I kind of feel bad for like that number one safety in every draft class because it's always like they are like one of the best people in the draft class, but like it's a safety, so you don't want to take the person there. But they always want to be nasty. Like, like Kyle Hamilton. Look at Kyle Hamilton. Like was was projected pretty he much like, went top, in the top eight 10. the yeah. entire the entire mock draft process. Now and then he went to fourteen. He's nasty. Brian Branch is nasty, and he fell in the second round. Yeah. David McKinney was supposed to go mid first round, wound up going in the second round. I think he's well performing above a early second round draft capital. He's not like a top two safety by any means. I think he's probably the third best of the two I mentioned before, but he's still a great safety and someone I would not mind having in my secondary for years to come. Uh, Joe Shane, make it happen. Um, I just think I just think it's kind of funny how now um, with the Number one safety here being Cameron Kitchens. Um, I just think he continues to just, eh, I don't want to take a safety now. And teams just keep passing. So who are we going here with 24? You're going Kitchens? Well, no. Keep him in Miami, local kid? Local kid. I don't know. Because they got Holland. and they have, Miami um, needs offensive line. I wonder if they'll move Ramsey to safety. Probably not. I, I did have... You know what? I had them taking... I had them taking a um, tackle that was that is now off the board, so I'm going to I'm going to roll with some more offensive line help. They've been banged up. Give me uh, Barton from Duke, um, solid interior offensive lineman. They sure up a little bit of that. They have skill position definitely mapped out already. We'll, don't got to worry about that. You know what I need here? If Brock Bowers in some universe falls to 13, I need the Dolphins to trade up from 24 to 13 and just make the sickest offensive group ever. That'd be pretty cool. Is Brock Bowers fast enough to be on the Dolphins' offense? True, That's all true. that matters. They just want the speed. They don't care how good you are. You just need <laughs> speed. Um, so I'm up with the Eagles now, right? Yeah. All right. First of all, PFF's got to reevaluate some of these things. How is wide receiver a position of need when you have AJ Brown and Devontae Smith? That yeah, to me seems like that should seems like it should be one of the least of their concerns. Um, the Eagles have to take defense here, or they yeah, have to take. Sure. O-line. If an O-lineman falls to them, I don't think they'll reach. But with Lane Johnson getting up there, you're not drafting a center here, so it doesn't really matter what Kelsey does in this position specifically. But I think they have to focus on defense. But the thing is, like, they already got guys all over their defense. What what position are they really going to have to come in and overtake? Um, I guess the one spot could be corner, just because they're a little older there. And looking at the available corners, I think the 
I've seen some people talk about TJ Tampa from Iowa State. I think it's too early for him here. Um, I think you can't go wrong drafting SEC. They usually love their Georgia guys, but I'll have them take a guy from Missouri here. Matt's mentioned him already. I'll have the Eagles take uh, Rakestraw. Hopefully he can sure up that defense that just kind of fell off a cliff in the second half. All right, that leaves me for the Kansas City Chiefs at 26. No-brainer, Bo Nix. Let him sit behind Patrick Mahomes for a couple years, and when he's 35, he can lead this team to a Super Bowl. Now, I'm going to go receiver here. Um, I'm going to take Tez Walker out of UNC. Had a solid year with Jake May. He had some eligibility homer. issues earlier in the year. Uh, maybe it's a homer pick. I don't know. That's I don't know. a homer pick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like Tez Walker um, is just in this tier as the other receivers as well. I don't think anybody's really standing out after the top guys have gone. Um and, and maybe you take Keon Coleman here, but I feel like people are very indifferent on Keon Coleman in the pre-draft process. Or you maybe look at a Donnie Mitchell as well. Maybe those are better options, but I'm going Tez Walker as a Kansas City Chief. Him and Rasheed Rice out there. And good old Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to circle back to my little rant from the last uh, pick that I made. This is where Cameron Kinchin is going to go. Uh, not going to hometown Miami, but he will end up in Houston via Cleveland from the Sean Watson trade. I feel like we gotta go defense here with Detroit, Dom. Yeah, I think they have to. I mean, obviously they already have, um, Tom mentioned earlier, Brian Branch last year in the second round worked out for them, so I don't think they'll take a safety. They could use a corner. I don't. Th- I think this is a reach for any corner that's currently left on the board. If you can get a D-line with Aiden Hutchinson on one side and then either Braswell or... Uh, Braylon Trice on the other side that would be just a phenomenal O-line um I'm gonna take Braylon Trice from Washington I think I don't know I feel like he might be slightly better than Braiswell I don't think either of them are too far apart by any means so if the Lions I mean the Lions always do something surprising last year they took Gibbs in the first round I mean they could really go anywhere you never know what they're gonna do all right, so I could be on a wide receiver streak here because the Buffalo Bills, I think, need another wide receiver option. They're set at tight end with Dalton Kincaid. It seems like every offseason there's some issue with Stephon Diggs, but he'll probably be back. But I think they need an upgrade at the number two spot. Um, Gabe Davis has been inconsistent. Shakir's been inconsistent. I'm just realizing number two option. They're fine number threes. So I'm debating between two. I think PFF, I'm pretty sure Emeka Buka is going back to school, so they got to remove him from there. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at either Donnie Mitchell from Texas or I'm looking at Brian Thomas from LSU. Hmm. I'm going to take Brian Thomas no, from LSU here. What? No uh, no, Lad McConkey. You're saving him for the Patriots? <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw that uh, for the Patriots. Yeah, I, I feel like um, Bill Belichick, I think I saw that he's drafted more head coaches in his career than 1,000-yard receivers, which is wild. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Brian Thomas here, LSU receiver. Second one in – no, first one. Wait. Yeah, first one here. I'm Second, taking neighbors. Second neighbors. Duh. Yeah, I was like, wait, there's another one. Yeah, we're going Brian Thomas here. So two LSU receivers drafted in the first round, and we got the Cowboys at thirty. I feel like this would be a perfect running back team because that's just the Cowboys. But there's no running back to really take here unless they take Jonathan Brooks. That puts me up here for Dallas at pick thirty, right? Yep. Okay, so um, I'm going to take Chris Braswell here for a couple reasons. The first one being um, I don't know why PFF has them with a corner as a need when they have Trayvon Days coming back next year and the way that uh, that blend has stepped up this year to take his place. And second reason being, I like I said in a prior video of ours, Dan Quinn, I believe, is going to be gone. So I think they might not use Parsons in the same way as like that edge hybrid. They might move him back towards like an outside linebacker the way he was coming out of college. So... That gives them an opportunity to draft like a true outside linebacker edge as well to sure up that defensive front. So that's where uh have Dallas taken here. Yeah, so next up with the 49ers, um, again, just they're, they're built so well that there's no gl- huge glaring need that they have. Um, so I'm going to let the rich get richer here. I'm going to have them take Chop Robinson out of Penn State. PFF has him ranked 46. That is way too low. I'm fairly confident he will go in the first round, possibly even higher than this. Um, he had a great, I think, past two seasons at Penn State. He's been phenomenal. So if they can get him and then Bosa, because uh, Chase Young's a free agent, and I doubt he goes back. So uh, a D-line with Chop Robinson and Bosa would just be insane for the 49ers. 
Yeah, I was gonna say Chop Robinson there at 32 for the Ravens. Um, I feel like yeah, like he could be a top 25 pick in this draft um, as an edge rusher. I would have liked him on the Steelers, but the Steelers just don't need an edge rusher at the moment. So I'm gonna continue my wide receiver streak here for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Odell probably not a long term guy. Rashad Bateman not inconsistent as a long-term guy obviously they hit a home run um with Zay Flowers they have Mark Andrews they have Isaiah Likely let's get them another receiver here so we could go McConkie out of Georgia I will I think this is where you maybe take the risk on Keon Coleman or a Donnie Mitchell so it's really just kind of who you prefer out of like that trio of receivers um I'm gonna have a Donnie Mitchell go and we're gonna have Keon Coleman fall out of the first round for our mock um but he's definitely in that tier as well that you could have had uh to go as well so that is gonna complete our mock draft 1.0 um we had brock bowers fall probably way too low i don't think that's happening um on draft night him falling to to 13 i don't know what are you guys kind of first initial thoughts of this mock anything you think um stood out to you if if you don't think it stood out is that not gonna look like this in a couple months (laughs) if if you need a defensive player and you're drafting in like the middle of the first you are totally fine because the top half seems to be offense heavy no matter which way you cut it yeah, I feel like if you're you want a defensive player in the top ten, trade down. Unless you really like uh, layout to Atu to probably be the first defensive guy off the board. If not, trade down. Some team will trade up for a tackle or a receiver there, and I feel like you'll be golden. Um, I do wonder. So we had uh, Michael Penix go there to to Seattle. Do we think Bo Nix will go in the first round? Probably not. No. Do unless, we think unless know, someone man. takes him at the very end just to get that fifth year in case like they want to develop him for like two years, but. I don't. I don't see it happening with the. Isn't isn't Bo Nix older he's, than? Uh, he's older yeah, than Penix, right? He's just as old. So. Yeah, he'll be I mean, twenty four in February. Like Bo Nix would be, uh, so like in our draft we had the Falcons take um a wide receiver. If the Falcons with their second round pick, if they can get Bo Nix there and plug him in cheap, like that could work out for them. That's something that they could potentially do. Uh, the Titans tried it with Will Levis, but I don't think their supporting cast was as good as the Falcons. So, I mean, like, teams could maybe do that. We saw, obviously, work with Jalen Hurts in the second round. So, something like that could uh, potentially work. Yeah, I like that, too, especially if we're giving them Odunze, and then you have Pitts, London, and Bijan, and Algier back there as well. I wonder if that would also be, like, a J.J. McCarthy team, too. Just get, like, I don't even know. See, I wonder if he's even going to be a day-two pick McCarthy. I, Probably. It's not a deep Mel class. Ky- Mel Kuyper's got him, like, 15 or something. Like, it's some crazy high rate. What? Which is insane. I saw a couple mocks with him. I think, I think I saw one with him going to the... Seahawks, the Saints, I think, maybe the Raiders. Dude, McCarthy, that, that thirteen to sixteen range. He was, he was in there somewhere. I saw it. He's gonna be twenty one next week, so I guess you're getting a younger guy. I feel like he could be suited as like a Seahawks sit the guy for a year or two, like that quarterback too. If you're gonna take one, I don't know though. But I feel like you're drafting like McCarthy Penix is a little more like NFL upside than McCarthy is. Like the way the way he's just the way his play style is. I think he's a little more geared for the NFL. Yeah, I don't know. I think if you're drafting McCarthy, you're not really drafting him to be your franchise guy. You're probably drafting him to be like, I don't, I'm not going to compare Brock Purdy because he was an outlier, but like a Jimmy G, like somebody that's not going to turn the ball over, surround him with good weapons and he can succeed, but he's not really going to like CJ Stroud your offense, basically. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's Detroit. Maybe Detroit looks at a quarterback too if they if they feel like they're going to hit a ceiling with Jared Goff. I feel like it's going to be a very interesting quarterback draft night. We have him going one, two, and three in this draft. Um and yeah, so that is pretty much going to be our mock draft 1.0. We'll definitely do these um, more frequently now that the NFL season is over. We're figuring out who's going where, who's declaring, and kind of as Intel comes out as well. So if you guys did enjoy this on YouTube, we'd appreciate you dropping a thumbs up. Let us know in the comments what you guys think about the mock. And if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you guys got a really long episode today between the head coaching predictions and the mock draft as well. So appreciate a rating and review over there as well. And we'll catch you guys in the next episode, which will be our reaction to the Super Wildcard Weekend. So we'll see you all there. Peace.